0: This episode is going to be a tough one. We've taken stock at the most volatile position in Dynasty Baseball. We are ranking relief pitching, but we're not going to go all the way through them. We're going team by team to talk to you about who is going to help you this year, this wacko 2020 60-game sprint season. Are you ready? It's time for Dingers
2: Welcome to Dingers, the only fantasy baseball podcast for smart people. It's not just Rob Nen that wins you championships. That's why week in and week out, we're delivering tips and strategies to help you live that straight up OG lifestyle. I'm Tyler Childs. Joining me again this evening, Robert Baseball.
0: Welcome to the show, Robbie. That beard is looking on fuego. Thank you. Thank you. I think after we got our occupancy permit... Uh, and since I've been doing inside jobs, it's just getting even bigger. Because now it's it's more manpower to me. I've built something. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna be the guy that like one of your
2: distant relatives, be like he built it with his bare hands. You can't tear it down.
0: That's exactly what I'm hoping for. <laughs> that yeah, it'll be like uh, whatever my my kids' future ex wife's <laughs> brother in law, who's like, hey, that guy he built it with his hands yeah just some evil great. character in a movie from the bank trying to tear it down <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> come it's by every weird. morning there's a sign that says foreclosed it's like,
2: <laughs> rip it up that's right that's uh, right so, it's been
0: great been busy building my beard building the house uh trying to spend some more time with the boy we played catch in the edition that was a lot of fun he just had a blast um throwing the baseball off the wall um so we switched very quickly to a bouncy rubber baseball instead of a hard ball. Um, But yeah, I've been, been keeping myself busy. What about you, Ty? It has been wild, just work-wise trying
2: to navigate all the craziness going on right now. And uh, looking forward to the days I was, I was saying this last week, I was talking to some colleagues in the industry. I was like, I cannot wait for my next layover at an airport. I'm (laughs) unbelievably excited to wait in line. Like, it's just, I can't, can't describe why i just it's it's something that feels like it's missing so uh the travel bug is is starting to catch up with me and looking forward to those days i know uh ontario here is ready to get back to business uh starting friday really opening up a lot of the province i think our numbers justify the direction and you know we're kind of ready but we're not quite ready to open the borders that's that's not there yet and Given what's going on south of the border here, I think we need a little bit longer before that's going to happen. But uh, all, all in all, it's it's heading in the right direction. I think even the numbers, uh, if you break them down in the U.S., we're going to get back to normal here in a minute. But I know what a lot of people have done during this time is drink alcohol. So let's get ready. <laughs> no,
0: right into- I was going to say, you know what is ready to open? This beer. <laughs> Well,
2: waving your beer is not a good way to get me to catch that
0: segue. (laughs) I slowly just went like this. So you'd be like, oh, oh, maybe that uh, was you. It was a steam whistle. I didn't know what to do. We'll talk about it.
2: A long time ago, someone decided to put stuff in glass bottles. In some of these bottles, they put juice or milk. And that was stupid. Today, only alcohol and a few other products remain in the containers from the gods. It's time for beers and bourbon, because good advice only comes in a bottle.
0: Mm. steam whistle. Mm-hmm. Steam whistle premium session logger tonight, Ty. So we talked about it on what well, I think it was Roto Ronnie. You guys talked about your uh, pre-Roger Center go down to the stadium, get the tour across the street at Steam Whistle. So I've had this one for a couple of weeks now waiting to set it up because it does have uh, the roundhouse, their facility building on the side and very small print looks like a ball diamond almost. And yeah, we're not going to get to do that this year, but it appears as though we are going to get to see some baseball and all I've been seeing so far are clips of uh, teammates playing against each other and it is hard to tell what is going to happen.
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I've seen a lot of bombs that I really like, which, you know, I'm, I'm drinking green tea this evening because uh, speaking of bombs, I played golf with our friends from the Bomb Squad podcast. Uh, if you haven't checked them out, be sure to do that. But um, my, my good friend Smitty, who we chat about quite a bit, um, shared in some bourbons. And mm. I'm, I am, detoxing still a little bit i'm getting too old for as much fun as we had on saturday we played some golf we had some bourbons we smoked some meats uh it was it was a day so smoked uh, some what some some wings we smoked some ribs ah. it was it was fantastic it was a nice little saturday didn't have time for her home or uh, home depot but
0: um, <laughs> didn't yeah. have time for any work around the house <laughs> <That's> right, <laughs> so. meanwhile i'm sweating my sack off building a walk-in closet for my wife and there you are out playing golf and enjoying life. Wow. Must be nice. Must be nice. Where's my tiny violin button here. Let's see <laughs> if I can find it. But anyway, so. yeah, tonight, um, relief pitching bullpen. It's it's going to be a wacky year. Uh, we, we now know that we've got our home league is not going to play. Really, interests seem to die off as soon as it wasn't going to be the keeper format. We are in another league that has had more than one heated debate about the parameters because we are going to play and everybody's complaining about everything. And it's very easy for me to just go back and say, maybe we shouldn't be playing and we can't do that now. So now we're stuck in this situation where 30 team league, 15 guys voted to play 15 guys voted not to play since then, at least three of the guys that have voted not to play have said something that they would change their vote. If they knew we could have done a redraft or done a whatever. And I said, well, you should have known that it's not like if we didn't play this league you couldn't play fantasy baseball you know there are analysts out there right now who are making up the most ridiculous lists of ways to be strategic in this short season and and then 24 hours later uh you know a guy opts out Copac opts out and there goes that you know later inning guy you might be able to get as an rp and you know david price as we know is gone um, plus all the players who are just going to magically not magically but who are going to get sick because that's what's going to happen this year it's going to be so weird so I've said it. I've said on Twitter at Robbie Baseball One. There should not be anybody out there right now who is prepping for a draft. You have made a mistake. <laughs> if you want to do a best ball, you know, put put fifty bucks towards a best ball because you just want to do something. Sure, but just know you like that's a lotto ticket. One hundred percent. The skill in fantasy baseball, especially in dynasty, which is what we focus on, is relatively out the window. But as Ty and I are about to drop knowledge bombs on everybody there are ways to use this season to get yourself ahead in dynasty leagues moving forward, whether your league is playing or not. So, uh Ty, we're, we're talking bullpens. We're going to go to the NL. Uh, what do you, what are your words of wisdom before you start correcting all of my errors on the guys I don't like?
2: <laughs> so for me, I I'm, I'm ready to move on from this season. I was one of those 15 guys that voted against playing as was uh, I. And, and one of those scenarios that, uh, moving forward there's ways to acquire players that can help you in the future so that's you want to look for the the guys that maybe people are undervaluing or have forgotten about or given a little breather like Corey kluber who we've mentioned in previous episodes will have a little bit of a bounce back season uh there's lots of those guys in this list we're going to go through today but let's start in the nl east and let's get right into who is probably the favorite, uh, and that's not the defending champions. Robbie wants to get in first. So,
0: just no, just before we go, tie and and what we we're going to say now is acquiring players. So this would be keep forever. If you have uh, a, a salary league, a contracts league, and there are parameters that can make things a little squishy for you, hit tie up at tourney Boss on Twitter. Hit the podcast up at Dingers Pod or again myself Robbie Baseball One. Happy to answer your questions. Love getting DMs from guys. If you want the RP ranking list, which we did make up, but are not going to cover from whatever the top number was, 190-something down to one, just DM us or or tweet at us. Happy to share it with you. Um, but we're going to go through the situation bullpen by bullpen. And, yeah, as, as Ty said, it, it's going to be a fun one so all right Ty you want to lead us off Atlanta yeah, let's
2: get right into the Braves here and they, they have one of the better bullpens I think in in baseball maybe not as elite as some of them but I think just steady Eddie is a good way to kind of describe the bullpen so we, you've got Mark Melanson who we just realized because we did a quick fact check is in the top 25 or top 30 of all-time saves leaders no you said he was just
0: about to break into top 50 Ty was that him yeah Kimbrell you said was on the other end all right, Which, what? we'll discuss. Sorry, yep. sorry.
2: Former Brave, so I'll give that as the link. Um, <laughs> anyway, <moving on. laughs> Shane Green is the other guy who I think again is one of the underappreciated guys. Luke Jackson, Chris Martin, uh, Dar- Darren O'Day, and AJ Minter here. So there's still some talent in this bullpen, and you know you've got a little bit of veteran presence. You got some poise. This is a bullpen that's ready to win a championship, right? And and a lot of people are picking the Braves to be competitive. Um, but Just signed not,
0: Puig today, too, Ty. You absolutely. Love, yeah. So. I
2: love the Braves. I think they're going to be fantastic. I said it earlier in, a, in an episode before. I don't think they're going to win a championship. Uh, I do expect them to be very competitive. And from a fantasy value perspective, um, they're one of the teams that you should be looking at. Um, yeah. so, so with that said, like Melanson is, you know, with a gone season here, is, is dead to you in Dynasty. So uh, not a lot of reason to pay too much attention to him if you're ready to win, like if next year's a realistic window for you, um, Shane Green's a great guy for yeah. you to grab because he's a guy that teams that aren't ready to win would be looking to deal. Um, so it could be a really cheap acquisition and, and a real good value play. But Robbie, who, who in this group are you looking at? Uh, obviously Darren O'Day, if I need, if, if there's a bar fight, Darren O'Day is my guy, but yeah. I don't know that I'm going to him in fantasy baseball right now.
0: And quite honestly, Darren O'Day is only on the list because we know him from his longtime uh, torment off the mound as a Baltimore Oriole. Uh, good guy to get outs. You know, ground ball guy just made made things happen for Baltimore. Stymied the Blue Jays, and AL East countless times. So, But I'm, I'm picking one guy here. Chris Martin was really interesting last year, but he's 34 and he's a righty. Um, I like the idea of A.J. Minter kind of a last chance is he gonna really pop himself up and become a useful guy well maybe i'll just say peak andrew miller is the best case scenario you know current josh Hader might not be a a realistic thing to talk about other guys for but peak um peak miller would be the guy who i will say aj Minter still has a shot at becoming he's 26 years old he's the youngest guy in this bullpen um if if you want to look at everybody that we're not going to mention everybody it's not worth it But um, Fangraphs, you know, roster resources, Fangraphs has become roster resource, blah, blah, blah. So go there, check out their list. But Minter for me is the guy here. I do like Shane Green exactly for the reasons you said, Ty. He's he's 31. He's still most likely going to just walk into that role next year. And Luke Jackson, who came up last year for Atlanta, got some saves, then ran into trouble. That's the exact same thing that Shane Green was doing in Detroit. Um, did very well for himself in Detroit and then moved over to Atlanta. And I don't think he was given the closer role. I don't remember exactly how that all happened down the stretch, but he settled in with Atlanta and this should be a good year for him. And I mean, like 60 game season, if you can get him early, it's going to be a much cheaper um, acquisition than if you wait till the off season and Melanson, I believe has his contract gone, expired. So he's gone.
2: Yeah. And I mean, if you can look back past AJ Minter's uh, 7.0 ERA from last season, Uh, which i did
0: yeah you can see some good
2: (laughs) stats though um and 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 if you really want to get into simulated stats um there's some people doing those out there that everyone loves aj minter in the simulated games so uh you know you can take that for what it is but i i do think that this is a guy is the exact kind of guy you want to target um if you're trying to to build a cheap bullpen right he's the kind of guy that should cost you nothing He might even be on the waiver wire in some leagues, right, based on his numbers last year. And uh, I wouldn't be mad at anybody that held him, but he should be available in more leagues than he should be held. Um, So I think that's a guy that you could target. I I like Luke Jackson to be a bit of a sneaky seventh inning guy. Uh, If you're in a saves-holds league, I really like Luke Jackson uh, to really just be a steady guy in that seventh inning with, with the two veterans behind him. I think he could slide into that eighth-inning role if, for whatever reason, Melanson has some struggles this year. They might move him to the seventh and kind of give him that that uh, end-of-the-career Grilly-type role uh, that we've seen from closers in the past. Oh. So
0: when, when Grilly was in Toronto for that brief period of time, he just surged. He was awesome as the eighth-inning guy. And he came in with, like, no expectations exactly what you said crafty veteran guy and he he pumped it and did a great job that'd be awesome if melanson could do that Jeez. absolutely
2: yeah and i think he'd be a good fit following that rotation too like if, if in the end of the season here uh if the starters do get stretched out a little bit more and you've got some of the heat that is in the front of that rotation and then you go to a soft guy like melanson and then two hard throwers after him in jackson and green like there's something there right so it it could be the way that plays out, but you know, again, we're talking hypothetical 60 game season, but Luke Jackson for me, AJ Minner are good targets um, for cheap, cheap, cheap acquisitions. Luke Jackson might, will cost you a little bit more, uh, but depending on where he slots into the bullpen at the beginning of the season, you might be able to get him a little bit cheaper. So I I don't mind that pick at all.
0: Yeah. So that's, that's Atlanta. Uh, Odds are they're going to add to that bullpen as the year goes on, as things are required. Um, But they're, remaining surrounding pieces weren't anything we were going to mention to move now to the defending champs, the nationals. Um, They've got what we've pegged here. Really. They've got four legit options to be helpful. And then I put in the guy at the bottom who is ranked as like a long um, bullpen guy who I, I think we've talked about him a lot. Should be a useful guy, and that's who I'm going to start with here. It's Austin Voth, uh, Voth, however you wish to say it, V-O-T-H. Twenty-eight year old right-hander. I think he could still end up as the fifth starter. There are, who knows how many different things going on with Max Scherzer this year, and the rest of that um, rotation is is pretty nice. But I really like the idea of both getting there. If not there, he could be a perfect guy when teams are feeling worn down when they need three innings and they're going to be good innings not you know giving up three runs in three innings but you got you know you got through it or whatever Um, I really like him there then Tanner Rainey who Ty I can let you discuss he had a pretty good run in the playoffs Um, he's the youngest in this group to 27 and then we get the three old men I think we all know who they are Daniel Hudson Sean Doolittle and Will Harris it, it's been discussed where they're all going to slot in. It looks like it's going to be Hudson, Doolittle, Harris in that order for closer setup and uh, seventh or whatever. So save holds. But I mean, Ty, I, I feel like Tanner Rainey's your guy in this group. Is that right? He might be my guy, acquisition-wise in all of baseball um, from from a oh my perspective. god, oh. Um, so say, yeah. let me tell you about some Seattle Mariners.
2: No, no, I see. I stay away from that one. I don't listen to that podcast. Uh, so like, listen.
0: I. Uh, That's this podcast, most of the time. I know.
2: <laughs> uh, no, Tanner Rainey's a guy that I love. I, I mean, here's the thing with Tanner Rainey it's all control. That is the only thing that is stopping Tanner Rainey from being a closer today. <clears throat> um, if you look at the whip in Cincinnati before he came over to Washington, it was 3.57, it uh, dropped to 1.45. Uh, with a bigger sample size in Washington last season. I expect that number to continue to come down. Is he going to come in and drop a .90? Absolutely not. But if he can find that 1.2 number, he's going to be a very, very effective reliever because he throws cheddar. And I I like it a lot. It's definitely, you saw it in, in the World Series last year. They were trying to go to him. They were trying to give him that boost of confidence, and he just wasn't ready for that leap yet. I think that dose of experience is going to pay dividends this year. And I think this will be the last season. We'll talk about this a lot today. Um, but this will be one of the guys that this will probably be the last season you can get Tanner Rainey for cheap. So uh if you if you want to go get him, try and find him. He's just 27. He's gonna have a pretty good opportunity to be a significant piece of that bullpen as the old guys uh continue to push 40 here so
0: um
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's it is that's, an older
0: like top top 3 if that's what we want to call kind of the you know most likely guys um but it's a solid top 3
2: absolutely and they all still throw it right like none yeah. of those guys are lobbing the ball in at any level all three of those guys still bring it pretty good the only other guy i'm going to put on your radar here uh as as a fun to watch kind of guy is Ronnie Elias uh, who is a really interesting guy uh, former starter right uh, was ultimately a prospect of Seattle at one point um, he's been moved to the bullpen and I think has the stuff to be a good lefty out of the pen he throws hard um, there's enough there I think he just has to still learn how to be a bullpen piece and last year threw to a 3.96 respectable whip in 50 innings almost a K per nine so I think if he just sharpens up the stuff just a little bit in that short stint, I think he could be another really good guy to go after, um, given cost of acquisition.
0: Nice, and I mean, again, in Washington, there will be lots of save hold opportunities expected this year, and Um, they
2: desperately need a second lefty, right? Because Doolittle is the one guy for them.
0: Three, you get you get your three guys coming, or sorry, your three uh, hitters that that pitcher is going to get to face. Essentially, three up, three down. You can put yourself in the seventh inning in a save hold situation. So um, that could be a good thing. A team that will not have as many opportunities, although for some reason, projection systems seem to show them being, you know, within three games of 500 or or five games, I think of 500 Miami Marlins. um, Their, their opening day starter is Sandy Alcantara. Love it. Very excited. Big, big fan of Alcantara Uh, two years ago, paid off for me last year in the sense that he was a solid MLB pitcher. He was much better down the stretch. Um, Reynaldo Lopez, where were you on that one? Um, but it was kind of a reversal. So Miami, there's a lot of names on this list. Not a lot of conversation needs to be had about them. But I'll go through – if that's cool with you, Ty, I'll go through the guys and then you touch back on them just so yeah, we get the names out. Okay. So Sterling Sharp, Rule 5 pick, super ground ball machine. Uh, we've talked about him a few times already on the pod. I mean, he's going to be free. So even in a deep league, if he didn't get drafted in your offseason draft – you could easily get him in there. Robert Duggar uh, just doesn't look like he's fitting into the Miami rotation at this time. Certainly doesn't mean he's not going to find himself getting, I don't know, 60 plus innings this year and doing himself a a solid for the future. He's a 25 year old, much like Sharp and Eliza Hernandez, who was the other guy who has these great pitches and should be able to be a starter. Um, But they're not looking like they're going to end up in the rotation. So the long relief, which will be a thing useful in Miami. This could be where they shine for you and low acquisition costs. Ryan Stanek, um, righty, 29-year-old. And then you get into the the kind of top three. I guess we may as well just call the last three guys. I say the top three. Brad Boxberger, old man Boxberger, 32, always seems to find a way to get in and around 20 save holds a year. Um, Yami Garcia, a righty, 29. And then Brandon Kinsler, former Washington National, I believe, 36-year-old. And he looks like the default guy, kind of like Sergio Romo last year. So, Ty, you've added a couple names at the bottom you wanted to discuss. Yeah. Um, go, yeah. go, man. Drew Steckenrider
2: is a guy that I think you want to pay attention to. A very underappreciated piece. Uh, I, you know, obviously not great stats from last year, but the one thing I want to turn your attention to, in just 14 innings last year, uh, very respectable whip under one. Uh, ERA not so good so little little homer prone in all likelihood I'd have to dig deeper to see that but I that would be the assumption so um, MLB has him projected as a closer I just don't think that's going to be the case Um, but I do think that he's a guy that could be valuable decent career numbers 3.72 ERA career uh, in 113 innings with a 1.27 whip so enough there to put him there again Uh, One of those things that, um, you know, I think is is worth paying attention to. Uh, The other guy who's a bit of a journeyman for them as well is Adam Conley. Um, Definitely not as exciting, but he has the left side arm. And all of the other guys you listed are right-handed. So Adam Conley is going to be a piece. So, I mean, we're talking desperation time here. If you're throwing Adam Conley into your team, you are either trying to tank (laughs) <laughs> or um, you you are in trouble. So You're, you're in the noting- elusive 32-team league. Correct. So, <laughs> so, exactly. So, the guy here for me, the one guy that I'm really into is Ryan Stanek. Um, that's a guy I think is the, the legitimate closer here. Um, very, I would say, a little unconventional for a closer, uh, but I think he's going to be the guy. He's definitely the most polished of the guys. Kinsler could be good. Um, and could have some value, but I, I'm taking Stanek nine times out of ten, and and he's just going to be steady, right? So that's the kind of guy I want in my bullpen. I don't want to get lit up on the ERA factor. If I'm in a category league, uh, I really don't want to get blown up in some sort of Ronnie Roto format, um, and and definitely in points he can he can kill you real quick. So, uh, or the, some of these guys can kill you real quick. So Stanek's the guy that's going to be steady. Should get you some saves or holds. And uh, either way, I think he's the one guy in this bullpen that I'm paying attention to. I love Sterling Sharp as, as a pitcher. I don't love him in the bullpen. Um, yeah. You know, I just don't like him there. I know you like Duggar a little bit, but uh, I outside of that, I like I'm him as t- a
0: starter yeah. with, with the ability to improve, but I don't like him as a standalone. I mean, if, if I liked him because I thought he was an SP three then I, I'm an idiot. I'm out to lunch. But I I think he can be an SP four SP five guy. But if not given the opportunity in Miami, which says something about how Miami feels about him, if they're not going to get I mean uh, by the end of the year, right? They've got sixty starts. If he doesn't get five of them, we we get the idea. But um, the value can be had there where you can pick him up now for nothing, and then if he is used out of the bullpen, it won't be for three batters, which is now the new minimum he's going to get some run. Like if they, he doesn't have the arm to bring him in in the seventh, eighth or ninth as your closer. So he's the guy who's got to work, work those outs, which is another reason why I like Sterling sharp. I think he can get outs, but like you said, Ty, which it's a great point. Some leagues you have five RP spots, right? You get into those big roto styles. You get, you got a ton of relievers you need, Well, what's the point in trying to get a bunch of old closers who might not either get innings or when they do, it's going to be high leverage and they could blow up. You can just get guys that get outs. They don't have to be Ks, but they're not giving up walks. right? They're not ruining your categories, which everybody talks about compilers for this year being a difficult thing. Well, it's not. Like over the course of 162 or over the course of 60, if a streaky player is on – They're going to be positive for you. If a streaky player is off, they're going to be negative. Well, the steady eddies are still going to do what they do, right? Within reason, you're not going to see a 35% um, decline in what a a player does. If they normally get 80 RBIs, they wouldn't finish the 60 game season on pace to get 50. Like an 80 RBI guy is still going to be, you know, getting himself somewhere north of or in and around 30 this year. So anyway, for the relief guys, I think it's a great point because I know a lot of guys who just punt relief pitchers. Mm -hmm. And I've tried different strategies in different leagues. And I love when you get into crappy teams like this, like the list we just put together for a team we think is going to be at least 10 games under 500. It's funny, but that's where you can find guys, right? You can find people who don't hurt you and they also don't cost you anything to get. So that's right. Well,
2: and I think this is a good point to kind of dive into something that we're going to talk about throughout the rest of the teams. And that's these guys that are going to be the mid relief guys that no longer going to be, 1 out guys at the end of the fourth right, right? so you're you're going to have some guys that are that are brought in on short rest to get an out at the end of an inning before starting the next inning but there's going to be guys like Duggar and like Sharp that make the roster because their their job is to go 5 outs right and in 5 outs is going to be the number this year pay attention to it because they're going to go to guys for that 1 out with the 6th out and then they're going to bring the next guy in So pay attention to that. Try to find those, find those five out guys. They're going to be extremely valuable.
0: Nice. Plus with that DH and we're talking NL, everybody's all excited about how now everybody's going to have a slugger in the DH spot. Um, Yeah. The, the three, the three pitch minute pitcher or whatever, three hitter minimum for pitchers is going to change things. And I love that we've been focusing on it and I, I do not see it written about, um, elsewhere with to any great degree. So I think that that's something where we're a little ahead of the curve here. And again, we're thinking further down the list. So moving to the Mets, um, we talked about before the strength of their bullpen. When you look now, it looks um it looks common place to me but i think it's just because we recognize the name so we've got robert de DeJol- wow that's tough Dezelman. oh my god I, don- I, got, I got you i'm adding you. letters thank you <laughs> uh 27 year old youngest sorry second youngest guy on this list but he was one of those is he gonna be a starter is he gonna you know is he is he worth it and then you know th- fast forward three years now he's a bullpen piece could be a really impactful one but not save close type um uh, there's just familia i'm just screwing them. i'm not even drunk this is ridiculous um uh for me a former closer only 30 years old but he's like ridden the pony and you know from elite to hot garbage and now he's back with the mets second i think second year back with the mets um hopefully solidifies himself as a seventh inning guy but it looks like there's a lot of competition ahead you get the only lefty that well i guess how you're adding a guy here but the only lefty i see as a potential impact guy. And that's Justin Wilson, 32 year old. Then you've got Seth Lugo, 30 year old. I couldn't Seth Lugo be 43. Like, wouldn't that make sense? It he's feels just like, he's been around
2: forever. I agree. Yeah.
0: Like good for him, you know, and, and it's, he's been around in fantasy because he's been like a nibbler, a nibbler as a useful guy, but in a deep league, he's a get, go get him guy. Dylan Batances, we're all hoping for a bounce back for Dylan Batances, Uh 32-year-old. That looks like he's going to be the eighth-inning guy. And then we've got Edwin Diaz. Everybody's crossing their fingers that he's just going to write his own ship here. Um, you've added in two guys. I did not know the last guy you added in, Double B, is on the Mets. Yes. Um, okay, have at it. Have at it.
2: Yeah. So, so I like their bullpen cause it's got crazy depth. Like I, I do think mm-hmm. Evan Diaz at 26 is going to bounce back. I think he just had a blip on the radar. I think that's the first time he logged a lot of innings the year before. And there was a hangover. Uh, so I, I think you'll see him bounce back, especially with this rest. I mentioned it earlier about Kluber. I think this is a guy that's going to benefit from the rest. And I think the next guy an our list, Dylan Batanz is going to see the same thing. You're talking about a guy that has the best K per nine ratio in the history of baseball in Batanzas right. So, he can get people out. It's whether he can stay healthy. That is the thing. So Lugo is a guy that has increased value year over year. And same with Gazelman, right? Those two guys were supposed to be starters. And then all of these guys came up in the Mets system and they got kind of pushed to the back burner. They were fringe four or five guys. Like on most rosters, they would be a starting pitcher right now. Um, But the way that Mets team unfolded, they got pushed to the bullpen, kind of similar to what I was saying about uh, Ronnie Elias earlier. These guys fall into that category of guys that are just getting used to being relievers, and I think they're very good. But um, Jason Shreve's a guy that just has a history of kind of getting it done, um, and and is that lefty arm again? Three point seven one career ERA. A uh, bit of a shortened season last year, only through two innings. Uh, but a, career- <laughs> a bit of a short season. <laughs> anyway, so I mean, un- unde- undefeated, one and zero. Oh, wow. uh, two, wow. two strikeouts in in two innings. So, I mean,
0: what's so not to So, look like? for that trend to continue.
2: Yeah. <laughs> what's not to like? Um,
0: <laughs> but, but hey, he guy, could get 30 wins this year based on what 100%. he did last year. 100%.
2: Cy Young, here we come. <laughs> so, the other guy that people, including Rob, have forgotten about, and and for good reason. he has, He's not had a great couple of seasons, but that's Brad Brock. This is a guy that was very, very dominant in Baltimore. For years, right, starting in starting in 2012, like he had a sub four for three season. Then he went uh, 2.72, 2.05, 3.18 in 2015 through 17, right, and then it ticked up uh, as he bounced from Baltimore to Chicago, uh, and then he really was nobody last year. So hopefully, a change in scenery could be there for him. He is getting older, and it is something to know But this could be a value guy, and I don't think he makes this bullpen. I think he could just be a surprise guy that could give you a little value um given the shortened season. I think that's as an older guy at 34, I think he could be a sneaky value piece. That's why I wanted to toss him in there.
0: Is he non-roster invite? Uh, I no, I think they signed him.
2: I want to oh, say okay. he's contracted. Okay. Yeah.
0: I'm just wondering why I missed him on the list. Cause I yeah, I I agree with you there. He's one of those like um familiar faces, which the Mets have a lot of. So you look at the team and you're like, well, I can get Brock, right? Maybe Brock will log 15 innings this year, under four. Well, and given their
2: rotation with, uh, you know, whether you think Strowman's durable or not, I mean, Porcello, Matts, and Waka definitely are not. So if if you look at Gazelman and Lugo as guys that could potentially fill those roles given an injury, then you got to like Brock to slide in to replace their innings in the bullpen. So there's lots to like there uh, from a, from a cheap acquisition. And these are the guys we talked about early that we were going to mention today. So uh, overall, I I think this is going to go down as one of the sneakier good bullpens in baseball this season. And I don't think it's on too many, uh, gurus lists, if you will.
0: (laughs) Not that we're saying anything about people with names guru. Uh, so this is one that we hotly debated and had to stop ourselves because we weren't (laughs) recording and that's that's the Phillies. So I will throw the names out really quick and then Ty, you dig in first. Um, so at the bottom, which does not necessarily mean that's where they will finish in impact uh, Victor Araneo, 26 year old, sorry, 25 year old righty. Anthony Swarzak, a 34 year old righty. Um, Adam Morgan, a lefty 29 year old. Tommy Hunter, still alive, 33 year old righty. Uh, Francisco, speaking of still alive, Francisco Lariano, 36 year old lefty. Bud Norris, still alive, 35-year-old righty. Uh, Nick Pavetta, 27-year-old righty. And Hector Naris, the 31-year-old righty, who looks to be the closer. So let's discuss, Ty, uh, you serve first.
2: Well, I would love to toss this one up on Twitter, and we should – Name, or describe the Phillies bullpen in two words, still alive. <laughs> like,
0: like still, he's, still in MLB really.
2: Right. So, um, you know, Hector Norris is a guy that is very underappreciated career, uh, career 1.16 whip, like very respectable 395 strikeouts in just 311 innings. So good ratios. Um, lots to like in terms of the strikeout ability, <laughs> still just 31 uh, has slid into that back half of his career and started to establish himself as a closer. Now, that said, he does have some potential um, competitors at this space. Sir Anthony Dominguez is a guy that could be there. He's got a little bit of control issues. Uh, the strikeout rates are there. Uh, also went undefeated last year, 3-0. Um, but that's <laughs> In- irrelevant. Injured. When we, yeah, when we, Injured. Talk, when we talk bullpen, <laughs> it doesn't matter. And that's um, why he's
0: not on the list for anybody that was wondering why we didn't say the name. Uh, injury correct. return from injury. Not look at least from what i have have seen, have read, not looking like he's gonna be back. if I'm wrong, my apologies. he's right there with uh, Narrow for the you know eighth eighth inning role.
2: No, and he's a guy that had Tommy John, so he's gone. But yeah, this okay. is a guy you want to target. Um, and that's that's where I, why I'm bringing him up. I want to make sure he doesn't get missed here because I think he's one of the key pieces for this bullpen moving forward. Um, and and I think he's worth noting. So before we get into the rest of this list, which is a smorgasbord of awful, yeah. um And so Nick Pavetta is a guy that I will say this: I like him as a guy that could potentially slide into that relief role. We talked about it in the the Canada Day episode. Uh, Pavetta is a Canadian that I I like the idea of him moving into a bullpen role, um, especially with the three pitcher inning count. He's a bit of a, a uh, an ant killer with the the heavy stuff down in the zone, so I like him to be a guy that can get outs in that six, seven, eight territory. Uh, I don't like him as a closer. Uh, The stuff's there, right? The strikeout stuff is there for Nick Pavetta. So I kind of like the possibility of him being in the back half of that bullpen. So he's a guy that I like, Bud Norris, I'm not even going to waste any time on. I will be shocked if he's relevant in any way, shape, or form this season. Same with Francisco Liriano. I I still have a soft spot for Tommy Hunter. I feel like he's going to get you where you want to be. But again, not really an acquisition target or anybody you want to pay attention to. These next three guys for me are the guys you want to focus on. Adam Morgan, one of the most underappreciated arms in all of baseball. Now, to be fair, he has had some injuries. um, And in the career stats, at first glance, aren't fantastic. But if you go deep and you get into some of his game logs, if you look at last season, he didn't make it all the way through the year. Uh, What did he end up logging? He only logged 29.2 innings. But uh, he made it all the way into May before he allowed a run and that's roughly, I'm not going to do the count, but roughly 18 outings, let's say, give or take. Uh, Gave up two runs um, in two outings in the month of May. So through May, he had allowed four runs. Okay. Then June happened, and he started to get into some injury woes, had a couple little brief stints on the DL, gave up six runs. So um, that's before he finished up in July with four runs total. Earned runs for the season, thirteen. So I think if you were to stretch him across the whole season and average out all of those zeros into a full length of games, um, double his inning count, I think you'd be pretty happy. The WHIP was one point zero one, lots to like. Uh, so I think he's a guy caper nine roughly. So not not going to be Dylan Betances, but a guy that you can get for really cheap and or grab him off the wire for nothing. And I I would be shocked to see him. As a heavily owned guy in any format, so uh, really a sneaky guy that I like that i 've been watching for a while that a lot of people miss on, so the other guy 's Anthony Swarzak is just a guy that 's going to go out and get it done, uh, not going to blow the doors off anybody at age thirty four he 's just going to be a sixth seventh inning piece for the phillies and and nothing more um, so I think that's we 'll move quickly over him because he 's a little too old to spend too much time on, but my breakout guy in this bullpen, and the one that I added for Robbie, was Victor Arreino. Um He's just 25, and I, I like where this kid's going. Had a sub one whip last season um, in in very brief uh, cup of coffee, and the previous season he gave you a little bit more. Um, I don't I don't know if it's injury, but if you look at career stats, 73 games or appearances, 74 innings, 2.65 ERA. So 80 strikeouts in those 74 innings and a really respectable whip. So a bit of a ground ball guy. And, and I really like the idea um, of, of Arrhenio being one of the most important pieces in that bullpen. So it should look like for me, Neras Arrhenio, Morgan, Pavetta on that backside. That's what I'd like to see for Philly. Uh, the rest of it, Hunter could be a really nice piece to, to bridge some of it and the rest of those guys can fill some innings, but, Um, I I like a radio to, to solidify this bullpen that otherwise could be a little shaky without him.
0: Yeah. I'm with you there. So I really don't have any further comment. Francisco Liriano is a guy that I felt like because of the lefty factor could end up being decent this year. But anytime you try to make a case for him, you just have to look as uh, deep as the stats and all of a sudden it goes out the window, just a guy in decline, not, you know, whatever older guy. So it looks like, that's kind of a, an up in the air bullpen, but that is our NL East. Moving on now to the Central, we're going to hit up the Cubbies first. And I think this is our first, like, legit stud. I'm quote air quoting everybody stud closer in uh, Craig Kimbrell, 32 year old who did not impress much last year in Chicago. Um, Rowan Wick looks like the next man up, the 27 year old righty. Kyle Ryan, a 28-year-old righty. Jeremy Jeffries, 32. Cannot believe Jeremy Jeffries is only 32 years old. Uh, (laughs) He has been a relief pitcher for a long time. I remember him as a fringe MLBer with the Blue Jays, and it looked as if that could have been the end of his career. And I feel like that was, gosh, six or seven years ago, more even. Um, Then I'm going to mispronunciate here, but Brad Weick, W-I-E-C-K, uh, the lefty 28 year old. I, I he's got rookie status and no hype. I've, I've looked into him a little bit, not enough. I can talk when I am, um, a few beers in on him in depth, but, um, he's somebody I picked up in, in some of the rookie drafts as I kind of, you know, 200 and something pick in the rookie class. Um, and then we've got a rebound candidate here, as we know, as a, as a former blue Jay, Ryan Tapera. uh, you know, Gibby overused the guy. And, and we talked about him before. Ty, I, I know you were a fan of Tapera. We could see a rebound. Here's an ideal guy, as you have mentioned, with a few of them. The extra rest may be to his benefit because his body hasn't been going through MLB rigors and we're, you know, hitting July 24th, opening day. So, so then we've got 24th, yeah. And then uh, Dan Winkler, uh, former a Brave guy I had high hopes for to be something in 2018. He's still kicking around. He's a throw-in for me. The Cubs bullpen is is all kinds of interesting. It's just it, I don't I think the order is going to change a million times this year. So what, what do you see here differently, Ty? It looks like Jeremy Jeffries could be a seventh inning guy, could you know could be the sixth. Like is he gonna see high, like high leverage? Should save hold guys or hold guys be looking for him?
2: Well here's the thing every year I've picked up Jeremy Jeffries, he's blown up on me. So I'm going to stay away from him, and he's Do you
0: me. own him anywhere? Zero. Zero All right, prices. everybody. So you can get Jeremy Jeffries <laughs> for this short season only.
2: <laughs> yeah, this is a guy that just has been cursed every time I go for him. So I've stayed away. Um But you know what? Given uh, the, the way the leagues are starting to let up on uh, his ability to performance-enhancing drug, <laughs> uh, maybe maybe they'll let him off the hook because he's he's been busted a couple times for that one. Now we uh, know why you like him. <laughs> no, no, no. So this bullpen is going to be super confusing between Rowan Wick and Brad Wyke. Yeah. Um, I, it's, I think they just added the E to make it less confusing. Um, <laughs> so I, I do like Ryan Teper. I think he's a guy of, of potential upside. The slider is fantastic. fastball's good. His thing was always he didn't have that third pitch to make him great. Um, that was really the deal breaker for Tapera. But the first two pitches are A pitches. Like they're they're high level strikeout stuff pitches. So if he could ever add that third pitch and and who knows if if his arms toast after this, but he definitely a guy to pay attention to. I don't know that I'm ready to go and buy on him just yet. Um, but there's two guys that I think are not on your list that I need to see added, and that is uh Jarell Cotton, who I think yeah is is going to be one of the guys we've talked about already today as those two-inning, three-inning, five-out yep. guys. I think Drell Cotton could be extremely valuable there. And depending on what happens with this Cubs rotation, which is, you know, potentially volatile, uh, he could be a guy that gets some innings as well throughout this. So, you know, you've got a fairly deep rotation. You've got five guys plus Alec Mills, who is for some reason listed. Uh, I would take Drell Cotton over Alec Mills all day, every day. but. Um, they could just be concerned with Cotton's injury history, which is completely... Yeah, that's warranted. why he's not
0: on the list for me to. Yeah, sorry. It, he's not on the list just because of the injury potential and the fact that an owner will not give him away because he would have been cut in the offseason. So if, if he's on a dynasty roster somewhere, which I'm sure he's owned in all the leagues I'm in, I, I think I have one share in uh, like eight dynasty leagues and I want to see what he's going to do, but I, I certainly am not hopeful. You know, he's not the second coming, he's not Brett Honeywell, who's going to turn it around and light the lamp. Um, you will
2: not drop that
0: bone. Wait till we get to the NL, and, <laughs> and Honeywell's not going to be mentioned at all. Um, but, yeah, like... The only other guy I have on this list, so I agree
2: with you on Cotton. The only other guy, sorry to cut you there. I, no, the only okay. other guy I have is Casey Sadler, who was a sneaky acquisition last year by the Cubs, came over from the Dodgers, who seemingly have billions of pitchers that they're just pulling wherever they want, whenever they want. <laughs> we'll get um, to them. <laughs> so Casey Sadler, very respectable season last year, 2.14 uh, ERA in 46 innings, good whip, 31 Ks. So just about a strikeout per inning, but not quite. So not a power arm out of the pen, but a guy that can just probably get you some out. So worth paying attention to. Um, the only thing that I would be cautious of is the home run totals here. Uh, he tends to get put the ball in the air a little bit more than some of the other relievers out there. So, um, you know, just pay attention to what happens with this pitch mix. If he's staying down, I really like the potential for Casey Sadler to be a very sneaky guy in the Cubbies bullpen.
0: There we go. There's an interesting one. So we'll move on to the Reds. Uh, the Reds have a five man uh, slate that we can discuss. Nate Jones as the potential impact arm that's, you know, non-roster invite, uh 34 year old recovering from injury after injury after injury but you know guy guy throws fire pedro strope 35 year old righty amir garrett uh 28 year old lefty we all know what amir garrett can bring michael lorenzo Amir garrett baby remember yeah amir garrett post-type. was getting that yeah lorenzo not getting team post type but michael Lorenzen, 28 year old um like let's just forget about the hitting part that he could bring to the table it doesn't matter as a pitcher he's solid and he pitched a lot last year and Rassel Iglesias 30 years old now. Um, I don't know if that means we can start to call him old, but I feel like for four years, he's been the about to be bounced closer or should be a top 10 closer. And no matter what happens with predictions, he never can follow through with whatever it is I want him to do. So um, I'm not sold on the Cincinnati bullpen from the individuals, but the collective looks like they'll be able to get it done and the rotation's good. So they should be in a position for saves and holds. And this is something I didn't do after my first beer because I took it off because I'm polite. But this beer, because it's premium, I don't know if you can hear this, everybody, comes with a little bit of um, a seal on top before I get into my, oh yeah, that's what happens when you pay north of three bucks for your pint from the lc is that like a baby. safety
2: seal like given everything going on is that what that is
0: i don't know it, it was i think this was like over 350 for this beer so they owe me they owed me that tin foil wrapper on the top was
2: that like the willy wonka golden ticket did you just win
0: <laughs> i want a beer i get to drink it
2: <laughs> i popped it open that's right so the there's some interesting guys in this this group here in cincinnati i mean amir garrett for me is, is one of my favorites in all of baseball. I just love the repertoire. I love the fire. He will literally fight you if you don't like how he <laughs> threw that pitch. Your um, entire
0: team. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> so so I'm a fan. The guy that I think is worth noting that is kind of off the radar a little bit is Justin Schaefer. Just 27. Uh, career ERA, 3.75. A uh, little bit you know, higher whip, uh, but 41 uh, strikeouts in 48 innings is the one thing to be concerned about. So we talked about it in Miami with the guys that maybe aren't going to blow the doors off, but get guys out. And that's what Justin Schaefer is uh, former blue Jay uh, eighth round pick. So this is a guy that I've seen. I liked, I was kind of surprised. We gave him up, but he was part of the roster crunch uh, that the Jays ran through, given all the talent that's coming up through their system right now. So this was a guy that in most cases would never have left the Jays organization and would be part of, is a very shabby bullpen for them as we look at today. Um, yeah,
0: that'll be an interesting discussion when we hit. There are a few AL bullpens that are just like clusters. random. Yeah, yeah, they're clusters. And so Justin Schaefer is a guy that I like.
2: Uh, still has a little bit of growing. Be interesting to see a different pitching coach get a handle on him and see if they can turn him into uh, what he could be because the stuff's there. Like he's got enough there. Just a matter of whether he can finish that last bit of polish to become a super value piece. So that's the one guy in that group that uh, I think is worth noting. The other guy is, is Robert Stevenson uh, who is a former yeah. top prospect 27th overall Yep. yep. Uh, 3.76 uh, ERA last year and uh, 81 strikeouts in 64 innings. So you're talking about a guy with stuff that's there. I mean, he was a top prospect guy. So this is a guy given, um, you know, a little bit of time to clean up the delivery and stuff now in the bullpen should be a fairly reasonable piece, really good whip, he might go sub one out of the bullpen this year. Um, So that's a guy to watch uh, and and definitely has the strikeout rate and all the good stuff you want to see point or a 60% ground ball to fly ball ratio. So you got to like those numbers. Lots to like here.
0: Yeah, he, so I, I think he was the later part, but there were three or four red starters who were supposed to be good in a core coming up. And that was part of the, um, Uh, the Kansas city Royal trade of Cueto, and they got Brandon Finnegan, whoever it was. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, he wasn't able to work out. Um, But they, they had a couple other starters who came up. Amir Garrett was one of them who was not able to make it as a starter. And he just Stevenson to me, it just like fits that bill of like, well, let's just see what happens. Right. So he could be Amir Garrett by the end of this year. Right. He could be a a really good pick. Um, But yeah. John
2: Lamb and Cody Reed were the other two.
0: Cody Reed was definitely the guy I was thinking of. Yeah. Um, as somebody who was another MLB top 100 and now he's a fringe bullpen piece, which, again, by the end of this year, could could mean he sets himself up well. So if you're looking to throw away something, uh, throw away one spot on your roster, those are the type of guys you want who have I mean, shots very, and good teams. Very
2: limited innings last year, but, but reasonable return. So he wears sport goggles so that automatically makes Ooh. him a badass reliever. Uh, that's basically the... The eyewear Those version buttons.
0: of one one button undone. So yeah. what if they were like? Because I feel like Brett Cecil's like a two button undone goggle wearer. Where where does that where does that go? Is he just on sell, your team? Sell the
2: farm, sell the farm,
0: <laughs> get him. <laughs> if if only he could get a PED suspension, he'd be yeah. gold for you. Team tie right there. So moving on to um, a disaster in the farm system, but a, a decent and and interesting bullpen here with Milwaukee. Um, the one throwout guy is Shelby Miller, who's in Milwaukee. We don't know what's up with Shelby Miller. We want him to be healthy. We want him to throw strikes. Um, it was rough, or it has been rough for three years with Shelby Miller. So Corbin Burns is, is maybe the future Shelby Miller, minus the stretch that Shelby Miller had off the top. So I figured I'd put him in a 25-year-old righty. Control issues, obviously. We should all know that. Anybody who is big in Dynasty has looked at Corbin Burns 15 different ways, and you're, you're either on my side or where you're you're okay you know out to pasture or you're on tie side which is let's see what he's got um freddy peralta 24 year old righty i i'm not sure if it's just stuff related location why he's bullpen versus looking at an sp5 spot here but he's the young man on the roster then you've got the big big two josh Hader, the power lefty 20 26 year old he could be closer rp or sorry closer uh hold guy and then Corey Knebel, who I think is, you know, he's 28. Corey Knebel's not old. Corey Knebel will become the closer again. He should be. Josh Hader can get six outs or seven outs if you need them. And I think it's fair to say of Knebel, can you get the last three? And yeah. that's that's where this bullpen, I think, will – or the sorry, this team will, will win or lose this year is on the bullpen because the – like Josh Lindbaum is an absolute crapshoot as a starter for them. They have taken chances to fill out the rotation and – the the big thing I'm sure they're counting on is that they don't have to worry after the eighth inning if they've got the lead, and that's because of Hayter-Knievel.
2: Well, the only thing that I will add to this is that they're they're trying to convince themselves that they still have three guys that are starters um, that are really relievers, right? So, you know, you've got Eric Lauer, you've got um, Lindbaum, Sutter, Burns, Peralta. Like, for me, Burns is... I think has the stuff to be the starter. I think he's the guy they're going to invest into this season to give him a shot to to take that jump. I, I think Lauer is going to move to the pen. Uh, really? I he's oh, the lefty. I think he's locked. I think no, he's locked
0: in the rotation.
2: I, I think people are forgetting about Brent Sutter. He's the guy that I think, or Suter, whatever it is, a Canadian. Naturally, I say Sutter. Um, but <laughs> but I think it's Suter. And, and he's a guy that has good stuff. Like he's a guy that yep. could be a lock. So um career of 3.63. He only had 18 innings last year, but I think he allowed like one run. So hey, that's was,
0: that's like the second most innings you've mentioned for a pitcher this year. I know that, that all, you're promoting. I'm, so that's I'm all pretty over high. these guys.
2: If you if, you, if you're not <laughs> noticing, this is my recycling bin. Um <laughs> and so these are guys that I, I love to grab for nothing, right? So Sutter had uh, a rough go the previous season, but still his, his career-high ERA is 4.44 as a starter. Like, that's that's not that bad. Everything else is sub-4. His 2016 season was actually 3.32 uh, in just the cup of coffee season. But um, Sutter's problem has – or Sutter I keep saying Sutter yeah. – has always been can he stay healthy. So, it'll be interesting to see what they do because he might be one of their best pitchers. So, for him to get pushed into the bullpen – I just don't see it happening so I'm liking Woodruff Hauser I don't even like Brett Anderson I think he's a more likely bullpen piece than um than Lauer so it'll be interesting to see what they decide um Mm -hmm. but for me Sutter Burns and even Peralta to some extent need a shot in the bullpen um they're the guys that are sorry in the rotation they're the guys that I think have the best stuff um not ready to get on the Josh Lindbaum bandwagon just yet but the guys yeah. that you, you glossed over in the bullpen that I think are uber relevant is David Phelps is a must pay uh, attention to.
0: Um, he's yeah, a guy that, like know, Rob, man.
2: people forget about.
0: What?
2: Uh, yeah. <laughs> 3.41 ERA last Oh, season. I thought you meant
0: I was forgettable.
2: Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, you, I'll use that on my next for then. Boy,
0: was I triggered quick. <laughs>
2: Oh man. So the other guy that I think still has time to figure things out and everyone's given up on is Jake Feria. Just 25. Still very young. Um, or maybe 26. He's 26. But, you know, uh, maybe the best curveball slider in all of baseball. Uh, it definitely falls off a cliff whenever it decides to break. But still 25. Huge frame. Um, 27.
0: Feria. Jake Feria. Yeah, 27. Did he just turn?
2: Oh yeah, I did. Yeah, like, twenty-seven even. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, um, that that's a mm. guy that definitely is worth paying attention to, um, and and I think he's a guy that could be a sneaky sleeper guy with one of the best wipeout pitches in baseball. So, uh, just a guy to to note. Definitely don't need to give up on him. But I, I don't think Freddie Peralta is a reliever at season's end. He's still very young. Still has huge upside. But but Phelps and Feria are off the board guys that I think you need to pay attention to.
0: Yeah. It's an interesting bullpen to say the least. So one that is, I think far less interesting uh, is Pittsburgh. And that's, uh, you got Keone Kella who's on the IL right now. I think that's Corona. I don't know that that's injury related. I don't know. uh, That guy's been injured his whole career. Yeah. Like I, I, when people are starting to talk about, Oh, he's great. You know, it's only 27 going to be the closer in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Cool. Like not interested. Don't want to, don't want to have them. Not, not something that I'm, I want uh, Chad cool, 27 year old, uh, you know, up and down starter reliever, Nick birdie, a guy I was really high on last year got hurt uh, in his last outing or last two outings when he wasn't on and um, his numbers look horrible. So he's kind of a free pickup. And then you've got uh, Michael Feliz, 26 year old righty, uh, Richard Rodriguez, a 30 year old righty and Kyle Crick 27 year old righty. <laughs> So you notice I didn't say a lefty because I don't see what Pittsburgh's got at this time as a lefty. I don't see a heavy ground ball guy. I I don't see a lot of uh save hold opportunities in the first place. Like I think if we saw 20 20, 20 oh, is a lot, yeah. 20 save hold opportunities this year for Pittsburgh would be would be an achievement. Um but I mean because you're gonna blowouts on either way, but I don't know that I want anybody on this pen for this year outside of birdie simply because he could be a free pickup and that's it for me.
2: Well, I, I think frankly, this bullpen is built for a trip to white castle uh, alongside Harold to get Kumar rocker. Um, <laughs> I, that was, that was a long segue though, wasn't it? Yeah, I, got I'm glad
0: <laughs> I like it. Ty. I like the commitment <laughs> to the bid is almost better than the line at the end, but Yes. Uh,
2: yeah we got there we got there. more of that <laughs> <laughs> so so kumar rocker is a guy coming out of vanderbilt if you don't know about him you
0: should um i follow, think follow follow mason on twitter and he'll let you know where he stands on uh, yeah on kumar i mean if i i'm i'm more than happy to go
2: toe-to-toe with anyone that doesn't like kumar um he he's a guy that i i love i'm gonna stay loving until he gives me some other reason not to but um, when he
0: ends up on baltimore next year
2: <laughs> oh yeah no that's I, I mean i don't want that for the poor kid but it yeah. would be it would be he's he is a little bit of a cocky bastard by the sounds of it so so maybe you fit in I, I think he he could fit for the street fights that happen in baltimore um so <laughs> let's just go there but this bullpen is not interesting whatsoever the only guy and i know you've got a little soft spot for him is nick birdie yeah. uh but i think he was a guy that's that it. got buzzed up last year and and probably is overvalued right now, if, if anything. Uh, um, really? so I, I, well, I think he will be just because, um, he's one of the, he's the only guy in that bullpen that's worth paying attention to. So.
0: Well, I think, I think Keone Kella and Crick are the only two that people really seem to care about. And then Nick Birdie's somebody that I was really high on last year, his first, whatever, seven innings or eight innings, whatever it was before he had a bad outing and then a bad outing that ended in injury. Um, he he had a what 11 Ks or something whatever it was he was he was just pitching very well and i was looking forward to my victory of having a really cheap um rp that had you know has impact potential down the road because i don't need everybody on my team to be the closer in fantasy i'm happy if i'm in a save hold league whether it's the same category or different I need guys who can get strikeouts who can not blow up as Ty had mentioned before. And for me, Birdie was one of those guys, but then he got hurt. And that was just a potential based, a deep statistical dive. And now we're going to have to see, but um, Crick and Keller are the only two to me that I, I think have, have uh value. I don't even know if I want to say Kyle Crick has value, but are guys that would be drafted, let's say.
2: I mean, the one guy I would love to see be relevant just because it would be fun to watch the announcers or you trip over this name is the lithuanian kid dovidas nevroskas um at yeah least i would this li-
0: never ask us get that right
2: yeah exactly that's a tough <laughs> one um I, I i just don't think there's enough here to spend too too much time on this bullpen yeah. it's just not worth it the next one is um, fun. Is, is fun this is a good one mm-hmm. and that's st louis uh do you want to go through the list here robbie
0: sure i'll go quick so jordan hicks opted out uh, great white hope for that, whether he was going to come in and be the man or not. Alex Reyes, is he a starter? Is he a reliever? Is he going to be an eighth inning guy? We don't know. Uh, Daniel Ponce de Leon, 28-year-old righty, had a little bit of starting, a little bit of relieving last year. Not useless. This is an interesting platform for him. Jake Woodford, 23-year-old righty. I forget when he was drafted a couple years ago. Jake Woodford could come in this year and do some damage. Austin Gomber, the lefty, 26-year-old. Brett Cecil, the 34-year-old lefty, who I think is a two-unbuttoned guy. I know he's a goggle guy. Got to be Ty's guy. Former Blue Jay to boot. He just needs the PED suspension, and maybe if he could learn to throw that a new pitch called a strike, that'd be great. John Gant, uh, the righty, 27-year-old, who we think has more value than he's being given. We've got Andrew Miller, 35-year-old lefty, we know who Andrew Miller was. We want to see who Andrew Miller can be. We've got Ryan Hessley, the righty 26-year-old who's now getting the huh, 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 going to be the closer guy. And why is he getting the going to be a closer guy? Because the top guy, the guy that we think is going to be the closer, is Carlos Martinez. Ty said it last year. In our offseason, we are in agreement. Carlos Martinez, as a 28-year-old, could have 7, eight, nine, 10 good years as a closing pitcher. If he could just get out of his head, that he needs to be a starter. And because of that, um, Giovanni Gallios Ty has added in at the end. I apologize for skipping out on him, 29-year-old righty. This is the biggest list of all the teams because there is so much going on here. Um, Like, I don't know, Ty. I I think you could pick any two of these guys and you'd be wrong on both. (laughs) because <laughs> well, who knows what's going to happen here right I mean
2: you have a yeah there's so many different ways this could shake out I mean Gallegos could be the closer CMart could be the closer Helsley could could potentially close a little um you know there's just so much talent here you've got lefties and Ty Webb I just waiting for the Noonan um to to come flying out here with Ty Webb but um you know there's there's a lot of talent here and that's before you get into the value of Alex Reyes or Ponce de Leon or Gomber uh all guys Woodford too. Ty
0: I see Woodford as a former starter who could end up like you just said a five out guy I just can't talk about Woodford
2: when we're not in beers and bourbon section that's I
0: was gonna say you need to (laughs) reserve yeah (laughs) Jake Woodford reserve
2: (laughs) yeah so he's he's definitely a guy that will be part of the equation I think given the larger roster, but he's also yeah. a guy that could disappear after the first couple of games too, right? When they start to restrict the roster, he might disappear. So that's the only yeah. reason I'm not really super excited about him, but I, I agree with what you've said earlier. Uh, I agree that Brett Cecil is a button-and-done guy. Uh, he's got the sport goggles, lots of <laughs> I love. Agree. Yeah, it's just one of those things, like, I, I have a soft spot for Cecil because uh, I watched him pitch. He's got good stuff. It was always just a matter of whether the curveball could go far enough Without being uh, a fifty-eight foot curveball, right? Well, was, he won
0: fourteen games as a starter for the Jays one year, and then by the end of the next year, he was he was in the bullpen, like right. But it was because the they pitcher. saw the
2: well, they saw the power of the hook, right? That mm-hmm. that was the thing. Uh, I think they also, to the Jays' credit, recognized that he didn't throw it for strikes enough, and they got right. him out of the rotation. And I think that was a really smart move for both Cecil and the team. Um, he got away with it for one season. We've seen lots of starters try to be pushed into that second season when it wasn't realistic. So good on the Jays for catching that one. Um, But, but the stuff you're right, is absolutely there. It's without a doubt there. And ultimately um, one of those things that um, I I love this bullpen. So the guy for me that I've had a soft spot for years is John Gant. I think a very underappreciated piece of that bullpen. He's bridged a lot of innings in the last couple seasons for the Cardinals. I think he's, a huge value play for this season. I'm kicking myself for not getting him in a couple of the more leagues of the bigger, longer formats because I think his value of everybody in this pen has skyrocketed the most from last season because I just think that's based on format, given the fact that he's going to have to pitch three innings, Right. He's three a guy that's three already... He's, or sorry, yes. He, he's a guy that's built for that format and has been already executing within that format. So some of these other guys have to learn like, they're not coming in with two outs. There'll still be some of that, but some of these guys are built for that moment, for that come in, throw hard for three pitches and sit down, right? Right. Gantt is not that guy. He's borderline a starter and uh, has started and has been successful as a starter. So, of all the guys in this group, uh, Gantt's a guy that I like. Galagos is a guy that most people are going to be on already. I do like your pick on Woodford. He could be an outside shot to be super valuable this year.
0: Yeah, and, and again, cheap, which obviously I'm never saying – Go get the guy, uh, and when I do, it's very limited to guys who I think can be real fantasy impacts. Uh, otherwise, I'm looking in the in the disposal bin or the forgotten prospect bin. I don't wait till they're post hype. That's Ty's thing. So moving now out of the central, we're going west. Uh, we're hitting up Arizona first. Alex Young, 26 year old lefty, possibly the sixth guy that could be in the rotation, but also could be the long man out of the pen. Kevin Ginkel, 26-year-old righty, he's getting some potential late-inning hype. Andrew Chafin, the lefty 30-year-old, uh, he is the sole late-inning lefty uh, in Arizona right now. Junior Guerra, 35-year-old, you know, he's a guy. As the our friends at the CBS Fantasy Baseball podcast would call him, he's a jag, just a guy. Uh, and Archie Bradley, 27-year-old, former top pick uh for arizona and um he's the frustrating closer for mlb i think so ty i i don't love it i don't want to talk a lot about it is is there anyone here you're going to get i'm not i'm i'm not interested in any of these guys based on dynasty value that any of them have alex young was the only one um uh, but I think, I, guy- I think ronnie took him from me in one league geez that hurts
2: there's a guy there's a guy that you don't have on your list that I like here uh and I like him to be a potential late inning guy and that's Hector Rodon uh I think he's a guy uh uh, that came over from Houston this offseason uh good career numbers and and like you said there's not a lot in this bullpen I think he's gonna get that eighth inning role um and and the only other guy of note that I think is worth uh noting is Jan Lopez uh is definitely a guy that um, if if you've watched any of the MLB TV um, videos between innings, you've seen him get rocked by Cody Bellinger like
0: eight million times. <laughs> I was gonna uh, say not this year, but yeah, last so, year I do. Yeah.
2: So those are two guys that that I think shouldn't be forgotten. I mean, Lopez not going to blow the doors off, but still has half decent stuff and is just twenty seven. uh, Career ERA three point three six. Right. So um, this was a guy that was a fairly good. Uh, our high what's the right word um high profile signing out of cuba yep. for the diamondbacks um you know i wouldn't say he's a disappointment by any means um really just two seasons so far both seasons sub three five era uh career whip of 1.11 right so not not a lot to shy away from so those are two guys you got to have on this list uh and when you do that this bullpen's still awful ish but also <laughs> sneaky good at the same time so Depending on which Archie Bradley shows up, uh, you could have a very sufficient bullpen here. And as per the last couple seasons, everybody rolls into the season expecting the Diamondbacks to be garbage. And year over year, they surprise people. So I wouldn't be surprised if this group can do that again.
0: Yeah. And and here's a, this is going to be the shortest one for me, Ty, because I'd only put two names on the list and you said, no, you said (laughs) more. So Colorado Rockies, uh, I am disappointed in the Colorado Rockies who two years ago I think were building one of those super pens. They looked like they had four legit deep guys, free agent signings. They brought them in or they had them on on roster. It was Ottavino, McGee, Davis, and uh, I don't know if it was Estevez or they had another, but they had four maybe it was Shaw. But now they have three of those four still kicking around. And none of them have been performing well. Jake McGee, 33-year-old lefty, Uh, Carlos Estevez, 27-year-old righty, who's had like a week or two here or there that have been good, so people think about him. But it's Colorado; it's really hard. Brian Shaw, 32-year-old righty, Scott Oberg, 30-year-old, who very, very under the radar guy last year came in, ended up with the closer's role, um, had a, a health ailment, was was out. Nothing that he's done wrong. And Wade Davis, who. Um, I think when we first started this podcast, Ty, you said, I don't want any Wade Davis. His, his pitch does not work in Colorado. And it was kind of like you just talked about Cecil getting away with it for one year. It seems like that's what happened. Wade Davis had one good year in Colorado and then gonzo. Um, now I didn't talk about Chichi Gonzalez, the 28 year old righty. That's your boy, but Colorado, I I don't like their chances of being 500 and last year I loved them as a top team in baseball, but it's the bullpen on both ends. Last year I thought the bullpen was going to be good. And this year I think the bullpen is going to cost them games.
2: Well, I, I think uh, there's a couple guys here uh, worth noting. Uh, James Pazos is a guy that I think will surprise yeah. some people. I mean, very good sub two ERA in just 10 innings last season. So uh, might whoa, as well whoa, whoa. Why'd spring. you say
0: just? Why'd you say just? Oh, that's that's ten, a lot 10 innings. That's that's a lot for you to mention.
2: I 100%. <laughs> and, and if you see,
0: <laughs> I, I want you to just
2: really quickly jump over to MLB.com, uh, and look up James Pazos' profile photo. It is worthy of a draft pick. Um, <laughs> but but if you look at the last three seasons here, and we're talking, what do we got here? Roughly 112 innings. Uh, nope, 113, 114 Like, innings.
0: like for Pazos.
2: Yeah, so yeah, he, he was his,
0: decent with Seattle.
2: So so in his last two seasons in Seattle, 3.86 ERA, 2.88, and then 1.74 last year in Colorado. So, yes, he's, he doesn't have a full season in Colorado, but there's no reason to give up on, on Pazos at this point. There's enough there. Is that the photo? No, 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 no. He has a dirty, dirty mustache, and oh, he looks yeah. like he just came from jail. Uh, mm-hmm. That is the one. Yep. That's yeah. It. So those don't
0: look like the same guy. So yeah, please everyone go look at the James Pazos that was on Philly who there is a Philly mustache one, but it looks like it's faked. And no, then the, the
2: there's one a in Philly Colorado. one,
0: but the Philly one where he's off like this. I like that. I like, no, no, that's no, no. It's we a straight record. on
2: jail photo. Like he looks like yeah. he just got arrested for DUI. Um I was going to say but, something
0: involving children so you're much kinder than me.
2: <laughs> so so there's a couple guys here. So Pazos is a guy that I'm paying attention to. Um Yancy Almonte is an interesting one for me. And in the reason I I am intrigued a guy by named Yancy. Yancy. So not Yan oh. but Yen. Yancy. Gotcha. Um so if you look at the, the 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 hot zones for for Yancy, you've got a batting average of 455 and 375 in middle down and middle down and away. However, down and away, exit velocity is 83.4. So for me, that's a little bad luck if you're giving up weak contact at 83.8. So if that's the spot you live, I mean, listen, he's getting absolutely lit at the top of the zone. So don't do that. That's bad. But most pitchers get lit at the top of the zone. <laughs> right. Everybody's <laughs> right, looking so,
0: for that one now, right? Correct.
2: Right. So yeah. there's very few guys that can get away with it at the top of the zone. Some are very good at it. Uh, Yancy Almani is not one of those guys. But I'm intrigued by by what he's getting um, by square contact away from the right-handed batter. So uh, he's he's either dominating lefties down there, or the righties are are you know getting away with some things. So could be a guy that could bounce back. I don't know that he's going to be super relevant, but I thought that was
0: worth noting. Do you have um, sorry, Ty? Do you have is it his 18 or his 19 or 17 that were decent? Cause I feel like I've got a share or two of them for, I feel like it 18. came off. Yeah. I feel yeah. like it came off 18. Okay. Yeah. But it was
2: just in 14 innings. He had a sub two right. era 1.84. So, you know, he relevant, but not, not enough of a sample to get super excited about it. Uh, I will say this though, like the, the ground ball ratio is, is strong. So, you know, in Colorado is a guy that should continue to get a shot. Like he had a six, four, uh, ground, ground out to air out last year. So that's a pretty good number. Uh, to get excited about. So there's enough here for me to at least be intrigued. I don't know that I'm I'm throwing this the buy stamp on him just yet, but right. I, I'm definitely paying attention. So him and Pazos, the guy, I think Carlos Estevez is just the steady Eddie of this bullpen. Um, he's just going to be the guy in the middle that nobody talks about. Um, really good numbers, sub four last year. That's that, remember we're talking Colorado, so it's a little bit more decent than it would be somewhere else. Uh, the strikeout numbers are – pretty decent 81 and 72. So enough, enough there again for, yeah. for relevance. Um, and, and that's really it here. There could be a Pete Lambert that could be relevant. If he, if he isn't a starter, uh, Jeff Hoffman could fall into that category guys to watch as cheap bullpen acquisitions. So, so that kind of rounds off that bullpen. There's no much, there's not much point in diving too much further because most of our time talking about the Colorado bullpen is trying to find the ball in the outfield bleachers.
0: Yeah. So moving to the Dosh uh, they've got several guys. Now we're going to immediately, or Ty's going to immediately eliminate one that I think might unfortunately end up in the bullpen, but we're going to start with Adam Cleric, lefty 31 year old came over from Tampa Bay last year. Uh, this is one of those could be five out guys. Uh, that's why he's on the list. He's also the only lefty Dustin may 22 year old, righty Ty wants him as a starter. I just think it may not happen, at least not to start the year. So if he is going to play, I could see a scenario in which he's a reliever. I know nobody wants to hear that. Well, let's get to a younger guy, uh, Bruce R. Gratterall, who we've had many conversations about. And it looks like I am winning the one that says he's going to be a reliever because that's where it looks like he's going to be in LA. Now, this is definitely a five-out guy, as Ty has said, and we're going to coin the term five-out guy. This is, this is it. It's a dinger term, five-out guy. So Gratterall is yeah. going to be a five-out guy, um, and, and we love it. So sorry, Ty.
2: I was just going to say it's similar to beers and bourbon or are we going to go there?
0: <laughs> Sorry. Oh, Couldn't, yeah. help
2: myself. Couldn't help yeah. myself. Billy, Billy B just fell off his
0: chair. <laughs> <laughs> He's just red face. And and Billy, we do appreciate your fight um, for the right to beers and bourbon being with the original, but uh, yeah, it appears that there is very little interest uh, on, on any of that. So they, they may be adding on repeat at the end, which is, great um blake trinan 32 year old looking to not repeat last year sorry just Uh, sorry they're adding repeat to the thing they took from us i believe now it's beers bourbon baseball repeat i believe that is yes okay so they took something
2: replicated it and then added repeat and then
0: yeah and but but just because um we can uh I, i can say that it is something that's that's just supposed to be a live stream, which was of no consequence. It's not the same. It's just that it's being released on multiple platforms as a podcast. Also great, great. Not at all a copy, not at all the (laughs) same thing. It is literally what we do with a segment that we kick off with, but because the name of the podcast is not same, And I will say one of the two people involved in this decided to name his podcast, the same thing that, Three other podcasts have the same name of when he did it, whatever it was, 18 months ago. Fun fact. So anyway, back onto the Dodgers. Um, Blake Trinan, we got Joe Kelly, we got Pedro Baez, and we got Kenley Jansen. Why did I go so quickly? They're all 32. They're all righties. Um, We really want Kenley Jansen to be Kenley Jansen of old, but it seems like that's not going to work. Pedro Baez fills in, does good things. Joe Kelly, I don't know. Joe Kelly's a guy you can get if you don't want to invest a lot. You're wanting to not have a blow up guy, and Blake Trinan could be dynamite in your hand that explodes, or he could be a grenade that you can hold on to, rattle around, and then throw away at some point in time because we don't know what's going to happen, right? He struggled in Washington, was not able to be the Washington closer, came to Oakland, had an amazing, amazing year, was not able to replicate. Now he is a Dodger. Let's see what he can do, but again. Thirty-two years old. This isn't a twenty-six-year-old. This isn't twenty-eight-year-old who's got time left. Blake Trinan is not somebody I want to invest in. I own him in two dynasty leagues, and I'm not happy about it. Thank God, in one of the leagues, I was able to get Corey Knebel off waivers from some moron who cut him towards the end of our waiver period last year. Um, but Blake Trinan is not a guy I would invest in. I would not trade for him if he's got a big contract in a league. Maybe this is an opportunity for you to say, "Hey, if you want to unload Trinan this year." I would take a prospect of some note, you know, try to find a guy, Patrick Sandoval comes to mind, who's a rookie who could actually help. And then Trinan's a wild card and you, you eat salary for the guy, right? You, you could do something like that. So uh, is there anyone on here, Ty, that we don't already know about? Like there's, there's lots of, they are, right?
2: So, so I think before I can get into it, I have to say what I think the Dodgers rotation is going to be to, to set the tone. Um, It's Kershaw, it's Bueller, it's Urias, it's May, and it's Stripling. Those are the five core guys. Wood will probably get some action given the format we're walking into. If we were talking a regular season, I don't think there's a chance Wood would have been one of the five starters. So, Mm. for me, it's May, and I even think Gonsolin over Wood as well, right? So, you already have your lefties, so you don't need Wood just to be a lefty, right? So... I think he's a more valuable reliever. I know people will fight me on that, uh, and I and I will go toe to toe with you. At this point in his career, give me him out of the bullpen for two innings and give me the the former hater format or the former Miller format, whatever you want to call him. Right. I think he could be that guy. <clears throat> and I think he's far more valuable as that on this roster the way it's constructed today because Jansen, Kelly, Trine, and Baez are four guys out of a seven or eight bullpen. And then you've got Gonsolin, Gratterall, um, Alexander, who's probably going to be the lefty. Uh, you've got lots there. I don't know Caleb Ferguson's going to be a guy that we're paying attention to. Uh, could be wrong there. But then you get into nah. the Flyers, and this is where it gets really interesting. So you've got Dennis Santana, who is a heartthrob of Robbie's. Did you uh, not notice
0: I didn't even put him on the list? Do you know I was why? so impressed. Because I don't know what in the hell they're going to do. I feel like he's going to get a shot as a starter. And I didn't want to put him in as a guy who could be a bullpen piece because I don't want to devalue him in the universe in which I live where people listen to our advice and then associate value. So Dennis Santana, I'm, I'm still thinking starter. I'm not throwing him to the pen, but I, I know what you're thinking. Cause you're, you're I, I'm realist. looking at
2: him as a value piece. And and so this is the very, one of the very few times I will say, go get Santana because mm. I think, I think the Dodgers are going to recycle him. And what I mean by that is he could be a guy that goes out the door for a guy that can help them in a couple of years, because there's lots of teams that would love to get their hands on a guy like Santana. And really the way the Dodgers are set up, it's going to be very tough sledding. So they're either going to have to get rid of him or may or Gonsolin or whatever to fit that rotation for the next two or three years. So unless they're going to hold on to Santana until he's 28 before he's going to get a real shot as a starter, you might as well get some value for him. And I think if they're going to do it, this would be a good time uh, probably in this upcoming off season to do it. So um, that's the guy there. The other guy that I think um, people will start to pay attention to this year is Josiah gray. Uh, that's a guy that has yeah. great numbers all the way through the minors and he at Tulsa last year is two seven five, right? So we're talking PCL. Uh, two seven five is pretty dang good. And this is a guy that is, should be on everybody's radar. And and then the other offshoot guy that could be relevant is Jordan Sheffield. So those couple guys I think are interesting. Again, Sheffield also at Tulsa at the end of last year three point five eight. So enough to pay attention to. Both have reasonably good peripherals and strikeout numbers. Sheffield is a little bit more of a flyer. Uh, but could be a guy. So um, the, this this bullpen is just loaded, and and bloated might be the right word um, because graderall's ready um, to be a power arm in that bullpen. And yep. then you throw Gonsolin, who's very good and good enough to be an MLB starter right now. Same with us in May. But then you go to the rest of that bullpen. That's or the, the rotation that's already in place. So uh, they they really have one of the bigger dilemmas out of out of the pitching situation in all of baseball.
0: Yeah, it, it's such a great problem to have, right? There are teams, Pittsburgh would love to be in the position of figuring out where they can put young talent because they have good, wily vets. Which uh, One
2: question before we jump off of this,
0: how yeah. do the Red Sox not end up with a pitcher in the trade? Like, how do they not get a pitcher from the Dodgers? Oh, have, have you not heard, Ty? The Red Sox have now won the trade. Did, did you not know that? Yeah they no they, uh, that's that's the yeah that's the industry con- industry consensus is that they've now won the trade but other people have said um, well no as soon as they traded bets they they lost no matter what return um, but yeah I think it was one of those the medical report didn't look great and there wasn't somebody else suitable which seems ridiculous when you look like you just said Ty right like the Dodgers must've been like yeah no on gray no on may no on goslin um, you know, keep, keep shooting down the list, right. It would have just been, but I mean, like, the Red Sox are the experts on pitching, aren't they? Absolutely. They, they are known for drafting and developing and they, <laughs> they trade and develop too. Oh, wait, no, that's everyone else but them because the Red Sox can't do it. So I guess, you know, what would be Eduardo Rodriguez, the exception, current exception, but anyway, yeah, it it's a, it is a murky trade and, now that there will at least be baseball, it's not Mookie Betts trade and then Mookie Betts doesn't play and walks away. So the Dodgers will get 60 games of Mookie Betts and the Red Sox will get 13 years of control for two other dudes. So uh, going to San Diego, we've got I'll, I'll go quick because I know where this has gotten the longer, but that's what happens when we talk about subjects we enjoy. Andres Munoz on the IL right now, 20 year old, 21 year old righty. cal Quantrill, who we did talk about in the candidate episode 24 year old ready we're just not sure where he's going to fit in so you know bullpen seems appropriate for this year pierce johnson 29 year old signed out of i think kbo this is a guy like uh came up before as an mlb -er, or sorry as a prospect did not work out went over got himself straight in the bullpen and now coming back matt stram lefty 26 year old remember two years ago matt stram was going to like change the world for people he was a a really good prospect. He was a Corbin Burns. This is what happens when people hold on to prospects too long. You go from trying to get your SP two talent and you end up with a potential lefty reliever guy who we have to see what they've got. Then moving on, Emilio Pagan, 29 uh, year old righty, he looks like he's in line for the 7th, 8th inning role. Then we've got Drew Pomerantz. If we get the second half from last year, Drew Pomerantz, we have got ourselves one wicked tail end to the San Diego bullpen because Kirby Yates at 33, the righty closer, it's good. It it looks like the kind of lineup, or sorry, the, the kind of options that you need good teams, or sorry, that you can beat good teams with. And that's required because three of the four teams in the AL West will be very difficult to beat. And that doesn't account for all the AL West games that they're going to be playing this year too. So who, who am I missing? Or who do you want to talk about here? Ty?
2: I like Strom as a, as a really uh, late bullpen piece for your fantasy team, not for uh, the, the Padres. I think a guy that can just fill some innings and in mm-hmm. still just 26 has Parts of some very good seasons in here. And, you know, that Dodgers team, or sorry, Padres team is going to get a little bit better this year. Um, so he's a guy that I just like to be, uh, you know, a good comparable would be Craig Staman, who's the other guy, uh, veteran there. Like just a guy that gets it done, right? Never great, right. never bad, just steady. And that's what I think Stamps, uh Strom's going to be. I, I, I like him. I always kind of liked his stuff. So I, I'm in on him. Staman's a guy, you know, he's just old. Right. Going to get it done. So not a guy that we really should pay too much attention to for fantasy, but um, definitely a great filler piece, especially with that team taking a step forward and a short season. So could be a really sneaky guy. If you're playing this season, Palmer has like, you kind of set the table for that one. So no point killing too much time, but Emilio Pagan is a guy, just 29 had a great season last year, right? 96 strikeouts and 70 innings, 2.31 ERA whip of 80.83. Like, come on like that's what we're after. Always really good ground ball ratios, right? We're talking 0.28, 0.44, 0.65, um, 0.45 overall career average for ground outs to air outs. I love that stat, especially out of the bullpen. It's one of my favorite stats because if you mix strikeouts with that ratio, you've got cooking with dynamite here. So um, <laughs> I'm I'm liking Emilio Pagan as as a guy to really – establish himself as what he should be as a great reliever this year. Uh, But then it gets a little hairy in this bullpen, right? Like after we get through those couple of guys, like you mentioned Munoz, I love Munoz. I've been on Munoz for years. Um, I've been talking about him left, right, and center. Love Munoz. If you don't have him, try to get him. He's having Tommy John. He's gone for the year. Buy him now. Buy. A million times buy. Uh, Love that guy. The other guy out of this, uh bullpen slash rotation that everybody has forgot about multiple tommy johns is anderson espinoza this is a guy that could still have huge value and we're not i'm not ready to to give up on him yet he's still young enough he's 22 right so yes he's had two tommy johns and yes that's terrifying
0: (laughs) he he is your honeywell we need to come up with a term for these people who the prospects we just won't quit
2: yeah, what is the? I'll work on that. I'll come up with something like that.
0: But okay. it, I like another those, segment that could then become a podcast or a live stream for somebody in the future. <laughs>
2: That's right. <laughs> yeah, we should hold on to that name as long as we can. <laughs> yeah. Whatever either. it is,
0: whatever yeah. we come up with, it. yeah.
2: <laughs> That's right. Or or we just blame somebody when we do come up with our name. Anyway, uh, <laughs> the end. The, those couple of guys are the guys I'm looking at. They're they're sneaky guys that um, people are definitely going to be willing to move on from Anderson Espinosa so yeah if, if you're willing to take the chance like I am because you're not talking about a guy that could be serviceable if he is healthy he will be serviceable so uh it's just a guy that has to be healthy so to, you know play play your risk the way you like it but that's a
0: guy that I'm all over was he traded for Drew Pomerantz
2: I believe he might have been yeah I think you're. Right it was on that like
0: up. a one for one trade right because yep, there was I some see. like shady stuff. Anyway, does, okay. So San Diego, interesting bullpen. Now yeah, let's get up to one yep, you're
2: right. Good call. Yeah,
0: okay. <laughs> now let's get to a, another cluster, kind of like Miami. A lot of potential. This is where you can get fooled, or you can you can get gold. And we're we're mining for gold here because we are out in San Fran. Uh, we've got Jarlin Garcia, or or Jarlin the Marlin, as he was known last year. Uh, lefty 27 year old andrew suarez lefty 28 year old trevor cahill who ty insisted on putting on the list uh (laughs) derek rodriguez who i insisted on putting on the list 28 year old who in 2018 had six or seven good starts and i bought in (laughs) everywhere oh man uh lesson learned there sam coonrod who came up last year did only had a a little bit of time last year but it, it was solid and i i was interested picked him up in a league that was drafting the rookies in August. And I picked him up 27 year old righty. And I think he's got a shot at seventh, potentially some seventh and eighth inning duties this year, Tyler Rogers, 29 year old righty. And then we've got the potential duo closer by committee guy, which you could include Rogers, but Trevor got a 27 year old righty and Tony Watson, 35 year old lefty. I don't see Watson getting a whole lot of the opportunities I don't see there being a whole lot of opportunities to be had in San Francisco. If they had 20 save hold opportunities this year, that is an achievement. They then have a decent enough back end that I think they'll convert most of those. So a best case scenario is that San Francisco in a 60 game season has some closer with 15 saves or save holds. I should combine them because I don't think they're going to just make one guy. So I like if you can have a way in which you're playing this year, you get Watson and Gott, or you get Gott and Rogers, because the cost goes down. You know, if you want to be interesting uh, or outside the box, you go with, you know, Coonrod and Rogers. It's probably the cheapest two you can get on this. There's skills, but the team in front isn't poised to win. The division's just gonna crush them. I mean, you know, Ty said it as well. Arizona's never gonna be good, but then always is okay. And I think that's the same thing this year where San Francisco is going to run into a lot of issues. Um, I, I do like the talent that's here. I don't know that I'm going to be buying in outside of, uh, you know, got if it's cheap enough Rogers, if it's cheap enough and Coonrod free. So yeah.
2: The one guy nicknamed El taboo is uh, Reyes. Murato is a guy wow. that I think slips below everybody's radar um 128 career innings and 160 strikeouts
0: how do you spell so, the last name for everybody m-o-r-o-n-t-a Moronto. You, you heard like, it here like, first
2: yeah he he is a guy he's got three half decent seasons under his belt or two half decent seasons under his belt sorry um 2.49 in 18 with 65 innings and 2.86 with 56 last season. So this is a guy that no one's paying attention to because I guarantee you, you've probably not heard of him before right now. Uh, If he
0: wasn't on the list that I assembled, nobody's paying attention to him. Yeah, and this
2: is a a guy that, like, Robbie is a bullpen guy. He loves bullpens. So if he slipped by Robbie, you're talking gold here, and he promised you gold. So here it is. Um, This is a guy I think you can get for nothing. The other guy I'm going to throw onto the radar as a must watch is Jarlin the Marlin. And the big reason here, Rob and I talked about it before we came on today, uh, the ratios here uh, for the ground ball outs are trending upward in Miami. And I think the giants are going to pivot him back towards the ground ball ratio. So I think you could see his numbers drop. He pitched with 3.02 last year. So quite good in 50 innings. Uh, but just 39 strikeouts. So he's going to pitch to contact. And even if he stays in the air, that's still a very good ratio um, for for him at only 3.02 as an ERA. So um, you got to like the ballpark for him. I think it could be a huge rebound uh, for Garcia here. So a guy that has a little upside out of a bunch of guys that don't have upside in his nickname, the elephant, huge fan wow. of that. How he's not
0: an athletic is beyond me. <laughs> so, you know what he seems like to me, Ty? Five out guy. I wrote it down, everybody. I uh, used paper. <laughs> well, that's it. That's, that's the NL. If if there's someone we're missing, they don't matter. Uh, we will AL at you, but in between, we're going to mailbag. So, hit us up on Twitter at Pod at Tourney Boss or at Robbie Baseball one Throw us your dynasty questions. If you, if you want to throw us a redraft, if you want to throw something else, we're happy to handle it. We've got views and avenues on 2020 and beyond.
2: And until then, it's been another
0: episode
2: of Dingers. This is Dingers, more than fantasy